Podcast 1-4. What people 40 plus must understand and apply in order to succeed in creating their own business. Hello, I'm Roger, the marketing manager for 3DBLM. In this focused podcast 1-4 from Gene Irwin, entitled, What People 40 Plus Must Understand and Apply. These include the critical components of how to 1. Discover two or three business ideas. 2. Confirm the business is needed. 3. Determine and validate the size of the business market. 4. Determine a definite competitive advantage. 5. How Gene Irwin will facilitate and accelerate your business. My name is Roger. I'm the marketing manager for the 3D business launch model. We are now at the point of these podcasts where you have an understanding of our approach to helping people who are 40 plus discover, create, develop and grow their own business. I'm here to introduce to you the genius behind the breakthrough idea that anyone over 40 plus can succeed in starting a new business. As focused and extremely skilled men and women, you have experiences and resources and are now ready to prove that you have the talent, drive and fortitude to create your own profitable business. You just want just a little more direction and coaching in your growth trajectory to help get you from where you are now into a successful business you can discover, create and grow. It is my distinct honor to introduce to you someone who has been through the challenges of creating businesses through his 40s, 50s and 60s. He is your advocate in finding, creating and developing your own business. He has created over $250 million for others financially evaluated over 3,000 small businesses for acquisition and assisted three companies to go public through the IPO process. He is Gene Irwin, a real engineer with chemical engineering, mechanical engineering and even nuclear engineering credentials. And he knows how to help you succeed in business. He recently created the 3D business launch model, which helps people throughout the world with unique strategies which propel them to success through his detailed courses, online video library, and what is very unusual in this industry, direct mentoring and personal coaching at a very high level. In this focused podcast 1-4 from Gene Irwin and titled, What People 40 Plus Must Understand, You Will Learn How to Apply and 1. Discover two or three business ideas. 2. Confirm the business is needed. 3. Determine and validate the size of the business market. 4. Determine a definite competitive advantage. 5. How Gene Irwin will facilitate and accelerate your business. Did you know that the average age for starting a successful business is over 40 years old? That doesn't mean if you are younger that you can't succeed. We will help you regardless of your background, education, skill and age. But it is an interesting fact that an MIT study discovered most new business creators were over 40. In either case, we're going to talk to you right now. My friend, as you are listening to this here, you will meet a man who will give you concepts that are sound and support that is real. I'm truly excited to introduce him to you. Please meet Gene Irwin. Hello, this is Gene Irwin, founder of the 3D Business Launch Model. At this point in your understanding how people 40 plus can succeed in creating their own business, podcast 1-4A, we're going to shift gears from where you've been, what you've tried, to where you are now with How do you move forward with a solid solution? Today we're going to talk about the top 10 business ideas down to two. We're going to talk about your top eight types of work you want to do down to two. And then a six word reason why. And finally determine A, is there a need for your business? And B, how large is the market for your business? Then we'll move into solving a series of questions and challenges, which will lead you to the answers you're looking for. More importantly, 
Your objectives and timing couldn't be better, but you'll come to know that for yourself. I'm going to talk to you personally as if you and I are having a direct conversation across the dinner table. This is the No BS How to Start and What to Start Your Own Business. No fluff, no craziness found online, and even at so-called business seminars which are forgotten the moment you drive away. You probably already know that by now I'm a real engineer with over $250 million in sales and contract experience. I've owned several businesses and evaluated over 3,000 businesses in order to prepare them for acquisition by others. The point is, I know what I'm doing in developing businesses and you should find some level of comfort because of it. I'm not trying to set you up to buy something because frankly I don't have a one-size-fits-all solution. So I'm talking to you as my younger brother, or my younger sister, and perhaps his or her family. This is, after all, just talking about your future. There will come a time when you sense that you're beginning to run out of time. It's different for each of us, but it is very real for all of us. If I were to start a business right now without pretense and preconceived ideas, here's exactly what I would do. You might want to pay attention, but fortunately I've put everything in a transcript in this podcast that you can download. Number one, I'd get away from distractions for a few hours, whatever that means to you. Number two, take with you a notepad and writing instruments and do this old school long before you start to turn on your tech gear up and running because those products tend to be time wasters. Once you have a peaceful environment, you'll need to do quality thinking and here's where I want to teach you where my head and experience take me. A. Write down the top 10 businesses and then the top 8 types of work that you enjoy being around. From this list of say top 10 businesses and maybe 8 types of work that you would like to do, go back to each list and prioritize each grouping from most to least interested. Look at the bottom 50% of whatever is on your list and see which ones no longer have the same emotional feel to them, which ones don't get you excited about doing that type of work or being in that type of business. Now, look at the top 50% of each list, maybe five businesses and four types of work, E. Narrow down each list to just the top three of each, the top three businesses, the top three types of work. Any on the business list that are truly compatible with the type of work you want to do, those are the ones you want to pay attention to. Choose the top two of each list and settle on those for now. Keep the other three ideas in your folder as backup, just in case the top three don't pass the marketing analysis test. I'll explain that in a minute. For each business and each type of work, a six-word reason for each business and each type of work that appeals to you. For example, if one of my types of work was being around aircraft and flying, I might say, I enjoy being in the air. Six words. That's it. That's all you get per emotional reason. Now write down six word response why each of those businesses and types of work might make you a good living, i.e. what is the estimated income from each. If any of the businesses or work sections don't provide you with a reasonable chance of making a good living, scratch them off your list. Draw a couple of lines through each non-winner. You should have the following remaining on your list. Number one, one or two businesses which appeal to you. Number two, one or two types of work which relate to the businesses. And number three, one or two types of business which can provide you with a good living. L. Keep in mind, just because you like doing something does not mean you can make a good living at it. M. For example, I absolutely love flying in a hang glider. I should. I've been doing it over 20 years and over 400 times. But the ability to fly high and far, literally free as a bird, and the dangers that are ever present in the flying community, 
doesn't mean I can make a living at it and support my family in future. This means your rock star, your opera singing, your fly fishing skills, hiking expertise, sports expertise, and lecture extraordinaire or a massive guitar player isn't going to transform you into a very financially supportive role. The sad fact is, most of us take what we think is a job that is just temporary and somehow end up staying there 5, 8, or 12 years without giving much thought to, is this really what I want to do the rest of my life? It's true. Sometimes we just back into a job and never leave. Warning. But now is a good time to give you a real warning. Perhaps you already have heard this one. Just because you work someplace successfully for 8 to 15 years does not mean that next week or perhaps next month you'll be let go. It happens every day. It happens every week and every month. At some point, your management will say adios. Then the unwelcome phrase follows you home like a ghost when you get home and tell someone, I got fired. I got let go today. There's no worse feeling, I think, in terms of trying to support your family than that phrase, I got fired. Why does this happen? In the world of business, it's always about money. Your business is not as successful as it was, or profitable, or strategic, or healthy as it once was. And it's being disbanded or shut down. Worse, there is very little warning. Another warning. Having your own startup, acquisition, or franchise will not insulate you from these types of problems. That's not what I'm sharing with you today. I want you to become extremely successful, to live up to your full potential. But you need to want it and need it more than I want it for you. It's your future, not mine. I'm just a catalyst. I came from a family of self-employed workers. We had our ups and downs in the business, but as a kid, I had never really noticed. It wasn't until after my father passed away when I was 27 years old that I noticed all of the jobs and workers in my town no longer available. That happens in the lumber industry in the Northwest, and sometimes it encompasses an entire community, regardless of the industry. Changes in the laws and impact from nature affects the East Coast fishing, the fishing in Alaska, the challenges in the Gulf Coast, as well as fires and floods throughout America. Think of California and all the problems they've had with floods. First it was desert-like conditions and drought, and then it's massive floods that they couldn't handle. Sometimes Mother Nature is going to win, and it takes years and years to recover. So why have your own business? It could be your primary source of income. It could be your spouse's income, or maybe your entire family. Not everybody is cut out to work for somebody else, or it could be just a backup for your pending future when things are going to change, and they will. I've said in this many videos and training sessions, I'm convinced that when our forebears came to this country hundreds of years ago, facing hardships of every kind, severe food shortages, weather threats, and trying to find and build a new life in a new country, in a new world, that none of them risked their life, limb, safety, their family's life amidst all of these three to 4,000 miles away to come to the promised land just to work for somebody else. Each of us have the gift and the ability to create something that didn't exist before. That's what I'm asking you to do in these very brief hours of self-reflection. What do you want to do? Is it something that will sustain your energy, your hopes, and your dreams? If it isn't, you haven't found your purpose, at least as it pertains to working for a living. Back to our analysis of your list. You should have the following remaining on your list, one or two businesses which appeal to you, one or two types of work that relate to the business, and one or two types of businesses which can provide you with a good living. Now you're in a position to move to the next major step in the analysis of what are you going to do in the business. The next step is actually pretty straightforward and focused. 
A. Find out if you can make a living in your chosen market. B. Is there a real need for your product, service, or idea? C. How large is your market? And you want to basically focus on your local area, then regional. Once I help you understand the merits of each of these three important steps, everything else falls into place fairly rapidly. Let me explain. I've created a series of videos which cover all aspects of what you have heard so far in this podcast 1-4A. My guess is that we'll have to break this information up in a few podcasts just because there is so much content, but please keep up with me. If you're having any type of difficulty in determining what type of product, service, or idea you wish to explore, then take a brief look at this video series. It's called Podcast A, What Type of Business Do You Want? And I'm going to give you its address, but keep in mind there are several videos right behind it that help you learn how to look at a self and home-based business, a franchise operation, businesses and opportunities for men, women, and teens, and more importantly than all of those, actually, is something called Podcast 5, Why Businesses Fail. So here's the address. It's https colon forward slash forward slash y-o-u-t-u dot b-e forward slash 20 little o capital y little v capital d little z and r capital x i. Again, look at Gene Irwin. Uh, videos or Gene Irwin 3D BLM and it should be in there underneath podcast to a type of business. In this first part of the podcast 1-4 for people 40 plus who want to succeed at starting a business we've covered the general concept of what I would do when I'm preparing to understand what kind of business I want to create. At this point you've spent a few hours in solitude trying to get in touch with what you desire and as to the type of business you want, the type of work you want to do. It's not a complicated process up to this point. It's my want-to-do process. Pretty simple. What do I want to do? I'm guessing that this podcast is going into more detail in several elements which require more than one episode. You will get more out of it. I'll be able to give you more detail. So let's plan right now to spend a few episodes together, broken out in sections so you're not overwhelmed. Oddly, on stage, I can discuss this entire process in about three hours but certainly not in this detail. But for you, I want you to make sure that you have enough details that you're not taking notes every five minutes. Why? Because I'm going to transcribe the entire process and you can download it from my podcast site, How at 40 Plus You Can Succeed in Starting a New Business. Or you can just call it Gene Irwin's Podcast. That should lead you right to it. Gene Irwin's Podcast. Once you've decided on those businesses and types of work you want to do, the next step is to confirm that the market is really there. In simple terms, is there a need for your business? Is there a need for the type of product, service, or IP? Well, there's a new term for you, IP. It stands for intellectual property. It could be an app for an Android or perhaps an Apple type of foundation. It could be a consulting arrangement. It could be a podcast or even some social media platform like videos and online courses. While time-consuming and intensive to build, once you do it, it's easy to propagate it worldwide. So I'm going to try, (coughs) propagate, I'll try to keep future words under four syllables. Old engineering habits are hard to break. I could have said diffusion, but you get the point. How do we determine if there is a need for your type of business? It will take a little bit of research, but now is the time to turn on your computer system if it's been off up to this point, right? The first step in the needs analysis is to start with a wide net, meaning go to your search routines and look at the generic name for your type of business and work. Let's create an example together right now. 
I have no preconceived ideas or thoughts as to what that will be, so we both will learn the process at exactly the same time. Let's say my top three business ideas and types of businesses are, number one, create a carbon fiber ski for snow and water. Number two, develop an app to track lost drones. Number three, sell archery items online. Okay, a little bit of disclosure and uh, uh, time for a little confession. I don't ski. I don't have a drone. But I am an expert at tournament archery. So there's still that fire inside of me that will help other serious archers like me. But I'm not sure if we're going to get to that point yet in this discussion. For now, we're going to focus on the carbon fiber product to its potential market and the challenges we might face should we elect to go in that direction. First, is there a need for a carbon fiber ski? I don't know. Let's begin the search. Well, that was fast. Here are the details of that search. The carbon fiber and sports equipment market size was valued at $330 million in the United States in 2021 and is expected to reach $530 million by 2030 with a CAGR of 5.4%. What the heck is a CAGR? Well, that's a combined growth rate of 5.4% from 22 to 30. In simple terms, I'm too late to build that type of product in a market which is clearly defined, has already established a need, competitive advantage and disadvantages, and it would be too great for us to overcome in a short time. Investors would not be interested. See, even though I wanted to explore building what I thought might be a great product to market, I can't compete. That's what you want to do early in your exploratory stage. Find out if there's a need, if there's a market, and what you have to do to compete and grab your market share. It didn't take long for us to do that, maybe about eight or nine minutes. That's what you need to understand and learn that as you begin this process, it's fairly simple. Why don't you understand the concept of, let's find out if my three top businesses are available in some form or fashion that I can generate a competitive advantage and generate an income. So our first analysis is a bust. Let's go look at number two on our list, the app to track lost drones. First, how large is the drone business with focus on the U.S. market? Revenue in the drone segment amounts to $1.3 billion in 2023. The market is expected to grow annually by 1.2%. Clearly, there is a large market there. Doing some preliminary estimates, if we assume that the average drone costs in the neighborhood of $1,000, that means 1.3 million drones will be purchased in 2023 in just the U.S. alone. If we can assume that 3% of those drones get lost, our market size would be about 40,000 lost drones annually. That's a pretty large market. Now let's see what apps might be available on iOS and Google. Okay, my friend, here's what happened on a brief analysis of the drone apps currently available. Nearly all of them focus on such things as airspace, permission from the FAA, and observation of nearby drones pertaining to flying activities. Apps for recovery of the drones? None. That sounds pretty good to me means we might have an open market, unless there's some hidden technical problems we're not aware of just yet. There are GPS coordinate requirements as the drone flies. It must know where it is before it can be guided to where you want it to go. Makes pretty common sense. As such, onboard each quality drone is a very sophisticated set of instructions that indicate the home starting position of the drone, its position in 3D space, and a host of other data tracking while in flight, and knows where home is. It usually will try to either regain connection with satellite GPS signals if lost, or it will try to return home, or it will just land where it is. It's the just landing that is the issue. Drones must receive GPS signals 
anytime your drone is flying so that your controller sends out instruction signals to launch and return home. It can't do that without A, battery levels available in both the drone and the controller, B, GPS signal strength, and C, instructions from your controller. If the drone is lost over a dense forest or a host of other complicated ground scatter, tall grass, hills, buildings, power lines, rough terrain, and more, it is possible for it to keep flying away from the owner. That's why there is insurance for such an event. It happens. But some of these things cost three to $12,000. That's a pretty big, it happens mistake. Hence the need for an app on the phone for easy tracking of a lost or downed drone. So what's the problem? The technical problem is that you must have cell coverage in order for a GPS app on your phone and a similar matching GPS coverage on your drone at the same time in order for them to connect. The best solution so far, besides attaching a very long string to your drone, <laughs> is something called the Marco Polo Tracker. Quite a piece of hardware. It's actually a small active in-flight tracker attached to a place on the outside of the drone. It constantly transmits its GPS location without the need for cell coverage. That's a key fact. But it only transmits to its own homing device, which is a handheld receiver for the signal. The Marco Polo transmitter and receiver are relatively inexpensive at nearly $300. And when you consider that your drone most likely costs three dollars to $12,000, the tracker tag attached to your drone gives you about 15 days to find it. And the range of your receiver is about up to two miles away. Certainly an adequate distance if you flew your drone somewhat responsibly. That's step one. Get a physical recovery GPS on board tracker device, which is independent of your drone and its controllers. Step two is where we come in if our objective is to create a live piece of app software which is on your phone and begins to determine where your drone is. There are some technical issues to solve and some financial issues. The financial issues are relatively easy to understand. To make an app compatible with both Android and Apple devices, the app will cost in the range of $5,000 to $100,000 to build, debug, and prepare for worldwide distribution. Technical issues are that not all GPS units overhead in space are made equal. Assume for a moment that a generic app meeting the needs of both Android and Apple can be made under $100,000 and assume that we can get 80% of the world's satellites to generate a signal our app can read and the drone can register. And we still have some technical issues to resolve. First, our GPS receiver in our phone app must be able to see and receive the signals at all times. Second, the drone must be able to send and receive GPS locations when it's out of battery charge. We would not be able to modify the internal workings of the drone regardless of the manufacturer. Now we're back to developing something more complex than an app to essentially duplicate what the Marco Polo tag is doing and do it in such a way as to not compromise their patents. Phew! If we get through all of those hurdles, it's now time to consider the value or how large the potential market really is. If you recall, I said, let's use 3% of the annual sales of drones in the U.S. as a basis for analysis. And that 3% of 2023 amounts to about 40,000 potential units. If our first objective is financial break-even, then we would have to consider not just the cost of the app, but also the cost of marketing, overhead, administration, and a host of other things. Let's say that the overhead is about $200,000. And the app final all-in costs and all the changes and updates and corrections and com compatibility issues are resolved for another $250,000. Then we need to sell $450,000 to break even. That means we need to find investors willing to put those funds up first before we go out and sell anything.
$450,000 divided by $40,000 implies that our gross selling price will be about $11.25 if 100% of the market accepts this product and applies it to their drone. Pretty simple math. But now the problem is, all marketing faces is that nobody has 100% of the market. And this is a brand new, never been used before app product. And I guarantee you, there are going to be delays and cost overruns before everybody is satisfied with the product and service. So, figure on 5% of the market first year, and that means we only sell about 2,000 units. We certainly can't sell them at $225 to break even, but perhaps just under $200 barrier would begin to attract the flying community. Well, my friend, it is those kinds of discussions that you need to have about your upcoming ideas, your business, your company, product, service. I realize I went through that pretty fast, but you'll have a complete detailed copy of this information in this episode's transcription. There is so much more to come. For now, this is Gene Irwin, founder of the 3D Business Launch Model and creator of the podcast, How 40 Plus People Can Be Successful in Starting a Business. Be sure to look for the next podcast, episode 1-4B, which will cover the next steps in creating your own business. As we look at the next strategies and the evolution of your business development, all the very best, Gene Irwin. Hello, this is Jessica of Gene Irwin's podcast. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We want to make them even more useful to you by your leaving a brief review telling us what you want to hear. Please leave a review of this podcast and tell us three things. 1. What did you like? 2. What you didn't like? 3. What would you like to hear more about? Thanks for taking the time to give us your review. This is Jessica, the Communications Director for 3DBLM.com.